0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's get at the uh, Roe versus Wade decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. We're joined by Professor Anne-Marie Lofaso. She's the Arthur B. Hodges Professor of Law at West Virginia University College of Law. And uh, the professor said when she joined us, I think it was two months ago when we first heard about this going to happen, said that the decision would have a significant impact on people's trust in the high court. Professor LaFasso, thank you for coming back on the program. What's your view of the decision taken by the court, by the majority of the court?
1: Well, first of all, Roy, thanks for having me. Um, The majority of the court has essentially eviscerated Fifty years, or almost fifty years, of precedent um, for a woman's right to um, make decisions about her um, future, about her rep- and, and, about her reproduction freedom. What? But that's sort of the the minor story here. What the major story is is that the court's reasoning, which is that there was no right to an abortion at the moment in 1868 when the um, 14th amendment was ratified and there was no right in, but, uh, for abortion in the constitution at its founding is, um, is very troublesome because there, at those times there was also in most states not a right to interracial marriage. There was not a right to same sex marriage And it's also what it does is it freezes in time uh, the idea of what was liberty in the mid-19th century. And importantly, what was liberty in the 19th century did not include women and reluctantly included non-white people. So non-white men. Um, And frankly, it didn't even include all white men. So that that is a very troublesome view.
0: Is it your concern, then, that the uh, matters that you raised, that you just raised, same-sex marriage, um, interracial marriage, may be targeted or visited by the Supreme Court of the United States? And I'm just curious, does the court have the, the power to initiate this kind of um, decision-making, or is the court mandated to make decisions only when there's an impasse at the lower levels
1: no the the court cannot initiate anything it, there has to be a case or controversy so there has to be a case that's brought to it so someone would have to complain about a same-sex matter or there would have to be um say a state would have to pass a ban on same-sex marriage okay. so for, just like it's what happened here, on abortion well here on abortion yes but I was I thought you were asking about in the future. Yeah. So oh, yeah, it could no, I I
0: did, but I'm just trying to make the comparison. Mississippi brought up the issue of abortion. So that ended up in the Supreme Court. So another state might bring up the issue of same-sex marriage or interracial marriage, and that winds up at the Supreme Court, and then you have what you have.
1: Right. And Mississippi only banned abortions after the 15th week, but then it switched course. So it only it didn't ask for Roe and Casey to be overturned. It only asked for it to to get rid of the the court, to get rid of the viability standard and say that a woman's right to choose is um, is um, subject to a balance by the state to determine uh, when that when um, that right, when the rights of the unborn fetus is um, overtakes the woman's right to choose. So they that state decided that was at 15 weeks. But then at the so that was when they asked the court to review it at the merit stage, they then switched course and said, yes, we want we actually want you to overturn Roe versus Wade. So another state could just do the something else. It could put like some sort of um, minor uh, barrier or major barrier to same sex marriage and then ask the court to say, is this okay?" And then ask the court to then overturn Obergefell or other so precedents. You would have
0: concern that perhaps, now that Roe versus Wade has gone through the Supreme Court of the United States, there may be other issues such as uh, contraception, same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, that could also find its way to the Supreme Court of the United States, which could then also issue um, decisions that the majority of people would say, would consider today to be impossible.
1: Correct. Correct. How concerned concerned Um, are you about that? I'm sorry, how concerned am I? I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. Now, if you read Justice Kavanaugh's opinion, he says that we shouldn't be afraid of that, because he says he agrees that the Constitution isn't frozen in 1868. But that's That's one justice, right? And it seems somewhat arbitrary. So it's frozen in 1868 for abortion, but not for which ones. Justice Thomas expressly said that he wants to look at um, other rights and he expressly talks about same-sex marriage. But interestingly, he leaves off his list, Loving versus Virginia, the interracial marriage case, And as probably most of your listeners know, he is in an interracial marriage. He's married to a white woman. So now the way it works is that the court has to have at least four votes. Four justices have to vote to review a case. So there are four justices, only four, decide they want to hear a case. Then it could come up and the justices can then uh, do what they want. Now, court said, no, this is, we, we take precedent very seriously, but we had to, to do this. We had to overrule precedent here because Roe was so wrongly decided. Well, given that Roe is the majority of the, of the people in the United States, 67% of, of, at least the last time I looked, 60% of Americans wanted to keep Roe intact or some form of Roe intact. Yet the court says the majority of states don't like this. So rather than looking at the majority of people, it looks at the majority of states and it and then it so it slips into the rhetoric of states' rights. Well, we know if you look at our American history, we know how grave the idea of states' rights can be when states' rights is used as a cover for, for denying the liberty of a subset. Of individuals in the in our historical um, um, mark uh, that would be slavery. As we all know, that was the justification for slavery was leave it to the states. Yeah. So I so am very concerned,
0: Professor LaFascia, Before I get to the questions I mentioned before the break, we had a situation in Canada where there was a. Um, a law in place that uh, said if you voluntarily become so inebriated, so drunk, that you commit a crime, uh, that you cannot then claim that you were too drunk to know what you were doing. The Supreme Court of Canada, just a few weeks, a couple months ago, uh, said, no, that's constitutionally not sound, This, this cannot be, they overturned that. So the government of Canada said, well, we have to get back at this very quickly and we have to change this reality and so we'll draft and pass another piece of law. Again, they passed and drafted and passed another piece of law that says you cannot use too, the too drunk to know what I was doing excuse any longer. Is there opportunity for the government of the United States, given the fact that the Democrats uh, con- essentially controlled the government at this juncture, at least until November. We'll see what happens then. But is there opportunity for the Democrats to introduce legislation which would reinstate, if not reinstate Roe versus Wade, introduce something quite similar?
1: It's possible, but there's a couple of problems. One is that um, it, in our system, we need 60% in order to go to a vote. And the Democrats only have 50 out of the hundred, they have, and plus the vice president, that makes it a, fifty-one. That makes it a bare majority. So they don't quite control the Senate, and unless they're willing to get rid of what's called the filibuster, that that won't that that can't happen. It's possible that they might be able to come up with a compromise for the life of the woman, very something very very narrow. But my guess is they will wait until after the election if they're going to do something like that. Because both sides are going to want to use this to get out as many people or the mid, because as, as you know, as everyone knows, the way, um, the way votes turn out is about, you know, is about turnout, how the result of, a, of an election is really about turnout. So they're both going to try to use this to get as many people. So that's my cynical view about that.
0: No, I agree but, with you. that. That's very cynical, but it's also appropriate. That's the way politics is.
1: Yeah, abs- Absolutely. But the other problem is, is that and this is the scary part, is that the in Dobbs, the court doesn't say whether or not the federal government has the power to do that. So that law would be subject to court review and someone would surely bring it um, to challenge it. And this court could say, nope, you can't codify that. You have to leave it to the states. So let me ask you. So uh, it may not even work.
0: Okay, given the decision of this court, um, what happens with the abortion pill? Is that still a possibility? Is that available in the United States? And if so, what happens?
1: Well, that's really interesting. So it it partially depends on how um, life is defined by the legally, as opposed to medically, and how the um, abortion pill works. So if the abortion pill is an abortifacient, so it actually does something after fertilization, then um, I would, this would allow a state to, this decision allows a state to govern, to regulate that if it wishes. If the, um, if the, the pill merely prevents um, fertilization by making the womb hostile or something like that um, to sperm, then it may not. But my understanding is a lot of these pills do actually um, work after fertilization. So it really would depend on how the pill works. The other problem is is that um, the or uh that the states could then say they could define um, the unborn child as once this would be really expanding it. But who would have thought? we would be here today, you know, 10 years ago. So what if the state decides that actually it's an abortion to prevent the sperm from fertilizing the egg? Cause that was inevitable. So that we're getting into contraception now, and that it seems to be that is potentially on the chopping block. Now that's what justice Thomas says. The, uh, what, the other justices do not. Uh, that's what the dissent is concerned about. The other justices are silent on that particular issue, um, other than Kavanaugh, who does say that he he thinks it, that they we shouldn't alarm, sound the alarm, uh, the alarm bells j- just yet. But it is possible that contraception would be on the chopping block.
0: Yes. Okay. So so we have about a minute and a half. I, I'm really curious about this. Does this particular decision? And it's gotten more attention than any other supreme court decision in in recent history recent memories at least as far as as i know does this raise questions about the role and the place of the supreme court in american society
1: yes because first of all the court was a little bit in a damned if you do damned if you don't but particularly here Chief Justice Roberts tried to avoid that, if you read his concurrence, and said, look, we could have, all that was asked of us to do was to look at this particular decision. If we had just looked at this decision and we had just said, this is constitutional, there would have been a backlash, but it would have been appropriate, it would have been in line of what we normally do. Here is the first time the court has removed a right that was given, and it did it without being prompted. It wasn't the, now to be sure, once the case was before it, the state of Mississippi did ask for that. But that wasn't what was at issue. Normally, the court only looks at the narrowest grounds on which to decide a question. But here, it broadly overturned something that was immensely unpopular. And then it cloaked it in the language of, well, the majority of states don't like this even though the majority of people are on the other
0: side. I I have to stop here because uh, we're out of time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.